Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, we're talking about Janixa Bravo's 2021 action comedy, Zola, starring Taylor Page and Riley Keough. This is Bravo's second feature... Her first feature was called Lemon, and she's done lots of television, directed a lot of TV. This film is based on a 2015 Twitter thread. Hmm. Some call it the first meaningful Twitter thread. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe the first viral Twitter thread. And I think that Zola herself, in her Twitter bio, it says inventor of the Twitter thread. Right. It's a 148 tweet thread that starts with, y'all want to hear a story about why me and this bitch here fell out. It's kind of long, but full of suspense. Hey, last month I went dancing at this cute spot in Florida where my roommate's girl made like five G's a night. Because of my we just met yesterday and you already trying to take hoe trips together? Be ready by two. Hi, bitch! You wanna hear a story about how me and this bitch fell out? It's kinda long, but it's full of suspense. You wanna go somewhere with me? That's my place. Dear Heavenly Father, we are asking you a special prayer today. We asking you to send us niggas. Send us niggas with culture. Send us niggas with good credit. What brings y'all here? We making money. Money, titties, money, titties. From here on out, watch every move this bitch makes. This bitch with a nappy ass head was up in my face. Word. Y'all want to trap? Okay, wait, 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 hold up. Do not trip. I got you, girls. A real nice spot. This is messy. You are messy. Your brain is broke. Is this what you came here for, Zola? Do it look like I came for this? All this money you made. I'm so proud of you. I don't fuck with you. No more. I ain't do nothing wrong. I came to dance. No, 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 we're done with that. Why you on my Tumblr? Why you DMing me? Sis, why you tagging me sis. in photos? You don't even fuck with me. Sis. Let me know. Sis. Let me know. Yes, me... sis. The most amazing thing about this that I read today was that the thread went viral while she was still writing it. Oh, nice. Like, she was oh, writing wow. it, and then suddenly, like, she couldn't reload her Twitter, and she <laughs> had a million mentions, and she oh, realized my God. that different oh, wow. tweets were being retweeted, and it was already going viral. She said by the end of the day, by the time she finished it, she was, like, ahead of ISIS on the trending <laughs> wow. topic. She got overwhelmed by all the mentions, and she actually deleted the thread. Just, like, <gasps> oh, she no. couldn't handle it anymore. Just mute said, it. Gosh. <laughs> I know. She was new to it, I guess. Right. So by then, it had been screen capped and tweeted so much that it's yeah. still out there. But at least I guess she's not being tagged anymore. But, you know, now she's got it all sorted out. Pretty incredible situation. Like, the string of events is pretty interesting. Right. It wasn't long after that that Hollywood tried to... There was a bidding war over the rights. They were going to adapt it. And it was unprecedented because it's a Twitter thread. Like, that that never happened before. (laughs) So it was kind of shitty for a while what was happening. Like, it wasn't really until it was made into an article by this Rolling Stone guy that people were like, oh, we know what to do with that. We'll option Mm -hmm. an article. That's happened before. Yeah. But then she wasn't getting the credit anymore for the story. Oh, that's bullshit. For a while, James Franco was attached, and he Mm -hmm. was going to direct and... 
he had hired two white men to write the scripts. (laughs) Good job, James. Um, And she said she met James Franco and was, like, a little smitten by him or whatever. Then, like, a while later, he backed out telling her he was too busy. And then a month after that, his sex scandal broke. I mean, it was good that he backed out then, you know. Totally. But I mean, I think that's why he probably was like, like, yeah, yeah, I'm probably should not be in in this one. Yeah. The good thing that came out of that was that that allowed Bravo to make her pitch mm-hmm. because she had been outbid before because she only had that one movie and, you know, she wasn't James Franco. She was then able to, like, pitch to Zola the way she wanted to portray it and that's what we got today, which is great. Like, that yeah. way Zola was able to get writing credit that she deserves and she was able to, like, talk to Bravo and fill in some of the blanks. Like, a lot of the stuff in the movie is pretty true, even though it's not in the Twitter thread. Oh, there nice. are, of course, some <laughs> embellishments, <laughs> but we can get into those in a little bit. Anywho, uh, now I should let y'all talk. <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all think of this movie? I loved this. I was so instantly hooked on this. I didn't read the Twitter thread or... I, I didn't read almost anything about it beforehand. Like, I knew basically all the stuff you just said. I knew the first tweet, and that's about it. Some very spoiler-reverse in general. But in modern movies, I think a challenge is how to portray, like, texting and Twitter and social media in a movie because it's not interesting to really watch someone on a phone, you know? Yeah. And, you know, different movies handle that differently. And I really liked how they did that with the little tweet sound effect. Yeah. And that there wasn't a bunch of reading texts on a screen, you know, which is fine. Some movies do it that way, but I really liked how they did that. It was just sort of like dialogue that was from their phone, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, and sounds. Like, I don't have proof of this, but I'd have to go back in and pay attention. But I wonder if any time you heard that tweet sound, if that was like a direct line from the thread. Mm-hmm. That's what it seemed like to me, but I obviously don't know. But yeah, that kind of made it more of a Twitter vibe than a constant reminder that you were watching a Twitter thread unfold, basically. Mm-hmm. An interesting thing that Bravo did was she hired a playwright, Jeremy O'Harris. And so I think that that it was a really smart decision because that's a person that knows how to show, don't tell more than, right. more than yeah. anything. It was very meaty. It's very entertaining but at the same time you're watching somebody who's being like essentially you know in a sex Sex trafficking situation you're kind of like on this ride where you don't know what's gonna happen next i mean zola is like a total survivor she had to be to like to get through that whole crazy trip jeremy o'harris the playwright he wrote a play slave play i mean i've never seen it i was reading about it and it sounds really interesting like it's about race and relationships and um is it modern? It's modern. I don't know if it's traveled, but it was like on Broadway. It was a big deal and Jake Gyllenhaal was in it. The girl, what's her name? Is it Stephanie? It's is Stephanie, Stephanie in the movie. Yeah. Um, in real life, her name was Jessica, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a victimizer. She knows what she's doing. She's trapping mm-hmm. Zola. There are these moments uh, you see like how differently, like the bathroom scene. I was <laughs> reading about that stop at a gas station and mm-hmm. the director said like she wanted something showing like bathroom habits. Oh yeah, the okay. toilet. Okay, I remember. Now, yeah. At first I was like, which bathroom scene? Because there's a lot of bathrooms. Oh, but, um, yeah, when they're going to the bathroom. When they're side yeah. by side mm-hmm. in the yeah, public well, restroom, like, right? The director, she said like when she mm-hmm. was in college, she had white friends and girls going to the bathroom together. She's like, it was so different. They would just sit directly on the toilet and like she was taught never to To squat. Yeah, Yeah, I did notice that Zola was hovering. And I don't know, it was just something that it was in an article I read. Like it's just a different way of existing in the world or something like. Interesting. Well, what that told me when I was watching it was Stephanie's a girl that trusts too much. (laughs) (laughs) Because then also they show the urine. Oh, right. Jessica has like telltale UTI pee. Yeah, it's right. way darker. I, know, I <laughs> yeah, did notice agree. that. Yeah, she, she didn't use toilet paper either. I noticed <laughs> all of that. Yeah, <laughs> but she handed yeah. Zola's of toilet paper. Right. Like, Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then there are these other moments, like she's going to Florida and you see the huge cross that they... And the Confederate like, flag. And the Confederate <laughs> flag. There's a moment in the hotel where the guy asks, oh, you guys want to trap? But it's not really asking if they it's want to. It's a rhetorical to. question. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not if they want to or not. But Stephanie's acting like, oh yeah, I want to do that. I mean, like she's in on it. It's you performative. Know? Right. It's yeah. performative. And then once she gets to the hotel, it's like she makes Zola kind of be her 
like a servant almost. <laughs> she has to greet all these guys. And I don't She's know, become like the manager slash right. middleman. Right, yeah. And she definitely appeals to Zola's sympathies as well. I mean, how much of that do you think was performative when they're alone together in the nice hotel and Stephanie's like, oh, I don't really want to be doing this, but right. I have well, a daughter. I know. Thing. I was wondering if she even actually had a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I thought I that was like going to be does. a thing. Zola's like, uh, you do you. I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like she quickly realizes Z is outside yeah. and like there's no escaping and Stephanie's like starts crying mm-hmm. and then like Zola feels very sympathetic to her but as it goes on they go to like another house and she's like who are you doing this for? Oh yeah your baby or <laughs> my baby trying to make it sound like she's a victim but mm-hmm. she's in on it like she like throws the guns out so easily at the end. I mean I definitely yeah. believe that she is a victim in some respects yeah. which is like I mean it's the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing right? Like, right. <laughs> Yeah, totally, yeah. In a way, not that she, like, really wants to champion this guy's cause of selling her, but that she's scared to not. Yeah, that's... Right. Yeah. She's so in control of her boyfriend, but, like, <laughs> or, you know, like, that Dare thing, like, who's, 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 who's is this and this... I know. That whole know. thing is so interesting in the movie with the heart. Yeah, she's like, who's is this, pointing to her heart, and he's like, mine. And then at the end of the movie, then the pimp does that to her. Yeah, right. so I know. Now, like, so she's been taught these manipulation techniques from him. I mean, she's a victim too. Right. But. I mean, she doesn't even really question it when he doesn't give her any money. Yeah. Like, well, I spend money on you. I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how this is for her baby at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows what happened behind the scenes too, mm-hmm. what kind of threats he made to her. I don't know that Zola really feels that sympathetic so much. It's maybe like a little bit obligated. And then also, what can Zola really do? You know, like she yeah. is also just kind of stuck in this situation temporarily, at least, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like literally trapped um, in that room mm-hmm. because there's a dangerous man on the other side. Right. And so you might as well try to <laughs> help a lady out while you're in right. there, I guess. Right. <laughs> And then I do like that she turns it into an entrepreneurial situation <laughs> where she's like, what, you're charging how much? Right. Right. I did write down the quote. We'll do that. But it was just like, yeah, when she's like, you're really underselling your pussy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, pussy is worth thousands. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that line, too, because it should be made. Right. Like, we're going to monetize that. Right. Yeah. It should be high. It should be high. I like the moments, like in the beginning, how it starts out, where there's kind of in this mirrored room with lights and doing their makeup. It's almost like what the trip should have been right you know and i like that they had these moments of zola doing all of the very artistic stuff on the oh the pole dancing, the pole dancing yeah all of the outfits and clearly she loves doing this and she wants to make some money doing this and she's good at it yeah i mean really good at it and yeah. i love the way they shot the strip club because a lot of times in movies <laughs> strip clubs are shot as these dingy disgusting places right and there are dingy disgusting strip clubs but there's also like really cool ones that right. are actually they look pretty magical when you go in there right. and there are all these women like especially Portland I'm thinking of <laughs> that are just amazing athletes on the pole yeah and it's like a show I mean <laughs> it's really hypnotic it's so... when someone's amazing on a pole like that yes and then it's like her talent is wasted because after she does this amazing pole number, this like disgusting guy tells her she looks like Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> right. and throws money at her. And it's, ugh, you do not deserve to look at her glorious ass. Right. <laughs> and, and also like she's so good at the pole dancing and you see her and then you see Stephanie just like putting her butt cheeks <laughs> against the pole. Yeah. It's a club that is not an upscale People aren't dropping a lot of money. The money is not that right. she was promised is not happening. There. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely a lot of like unspoken but well illustrated. I hesitate to call it white privilege because obviously Stephanie's in a pretty terrible position, but <laughs> there definitely is privilege in sex work too, in terms of like what people are after. I mean, in the hotel room, she's like not even on the menu and this guy shows up and is like, I wanted a white chick. And she's like, she's over there. Don't even fucking talk to me. And that's the kind of thing that it's not completely spilled out. It's yeah. the subtext. And then, well, like, how are you saying the Confederate flag and the mm-hmm. cross? And that's the kind of thing that someone like Stephanie would not think twice about. Right. But Zola sees these things out the window and it's like, oh, I'm in a horror movie now. Right. right. There's, yeah. there's also a moment where their car is passing a black man being, like, 
brutalized yeah. and tased by the cops. There's all these things from the real world, you know, like interspersed within the movie. You know, like she's falling in like friend love or whatever in the beginning with Stephanie. Mm. I feel like we met. When? I don't know. You dance? Sometimes. I dance. Okay, bitch, me too. Cute. I'm not supposed to be back here. What you doing tonight? Nothing. You want to go somewhere with me? As it goes on, she talks about another black woman who works at the strip club or whatever and the way she was telling this story. I was like, look, look, a bitch. Just because y'all ghetto ass up on my face. It's not my fault, you nasty. It's not my fault, I'm more than you. Clean your butt. It's not my fault, you nasty. It's not my fault, I'm more than you. Clean your butt. Super racist. Yeah, right. exactly. And it's like, uh Her face when she's telling that story is like the boyfriend, he just he really thinks he's hilarious and he's making oh, all these like funny, uh, funny funny videos right. or whatever, but yeah, I've seen all of these. I haven't seen anything funny yet. Yeah, he's like, I need to figure out a way to make videos as good as this. And she's right. like, what the fuck are you It's like about? a vine, right? <laughs> yeah. Six yeah, seconds. Six seconds of nothing. I don't even remember what it was. Just like some dumb guy doing something. It was something like someone stupid. falling or something like that. <laughs> you know. Could you monetize Vine? I can't remember. I mean, I guess they couldn't very well, and that's why it's gone, you know? Yeah. I don't right. know. Right, that's a good point. <laughs> Oh, you mentioned the mirrors. I just, I noticed that the movie is just absolutely filled with mirrors. <laughs> mirrors everywhere. I think about that from a filmmaking perspective often when I see even one mirror in a movie because of how hard it is to shoot a mirror meaningfully without getting any of the equipment in the show. Right. <laughs> or any of the crew. Let alone filling your movie with mirrors and just having to be on the ball about that the whole time. And it looks so great when you yeah. pull it off. And I can see how it's so important to the storytelling, too, because, mm -hmm. like, strip clubs are filled with mirrors and dressing rooms and obviously, like, the symbolic mirrors and reflection and mm -hmm. not seeing your own reflection clearly and not seeing people clearly. I love the uh, montage that's kind of like a slideshow of all the Johns <laughs> in that one scene. Yeah, yeah. gosh, yeah. And then eventually it's like, they're just, it's like the opposite of the male gaze, right? This is what yeah. women are seeing when these <laughs> disgusting guys are on them. Yeah. Like their gross cum faces and their <laughs> shriveled up dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's just so wonderfully done. In the story, I guess it was at least 20 Johns oh, that God. night. So like, how? it was a great way to show just how many Johns there were. That must have been like all night. Like, I know. I, was, I mean, I guess they probably aren't taking all that long, but you know, right. still, there's got to be like some reset time in between. <laughs> in fact, a BTS thing I heard was that Zola said that in real life Jessica brought like a Costco-sized pack of douches, basically, and oh, was douching in between each John, oh, wow. which is wow. bad for you. Right. <laughs> Don't douche ever, ladies. Yeah, douche. <laughs> you need all that stuff up there. Right. <laughs> I mean, clean yourself out, but water only. <laughs> That's my PSA. What did y'all think of the storytelling technique of saying things like, it'll be 24 hours before I hear this bitch talk, or it'll be 24 right. hours before I hear this, what this before guy's I know name his is, name. that kind of stuff. I don't really have any feeling about that. Like, I feel like that was only a couple times they did that, you know? Yeah. Well, then, um, I mean, there was, like, that flash-forward kind of storytelling thing where it starts with them in the mirror, and that's them getting ready oh, before right. the final encounter. Right. I usually feel like that stuff is unnecessary. Oh. Um, I usually like stuff like that. I mean, I feel like that's where we differ a little bit, like, with mm -hmm. meta fourth-wall stuff, which it's sort of in that it is category yeah. i don't know i usually like stuff like that i liked it because it gave me a sense of like oh don't try to figure this out now it just it reinforced to me that like she's just trying to survive the whole time and trying to like view it like as her experience was there are all these people picking you up driving you around places and like they have your life don't ask me. Hands. I don't know who yeah. these people are. <laughs> right. Right I feel like my favorite example of that movie was at the point when they're in the strip club and Stephanie starts taking selfies together mm -hmm. and she's like, from this point on, keep your eye on everything she does. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that. I don't know. Yeah. I did like that moment. I thought mm -hmm. that was a good... 
use a bed. Yeah. You don't like the 24 hour, 48 hour I guess hour that thing? was unnecessary. Right. Because yeah. like that's the kind of thing we're going to see anyway. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> then like when you, she does finally hear the pimp's name, she's like, oh, that's his name. Yeah. I mean, we could have just had that. Oh, that's his name. Then we would have realized all the while she didn't know his name. I think mm-hmm. that would have been yeah. more effective than waiting for that moment when she does learn his name. I don't know. I feel like that kind of stuff is a little distracting. But at the same time, I totally understand that playwrights like to put those sorts of things in. Right. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of times I don't like narration in general. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of narration is unnecessary. So I think I like narration more when it's done just like a little differently. Mm-hmm. Election is one of my favorite ways they use narration. So often I think narration, like you're just telling me what I'm seeing in front of me on the screen. You know? So if it like enhances it in some way, then I like it. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we don't always agree on whether or not it enhances something, but... Mm-hmm. I completely agree that that is the criteria for right. making it necessary. Mm-hmm. It felt like the style of, of how it was filmed and think like a lot of things went, were very like internet-y like seeming almost mm-hmm. like the Hannah Montana song and yeah. Like, yeah. they pick her up and stuff. Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, Hannah Montana, I got money, I got white, I got money, I got white, I've been where they show the day and the time on the screen it's like yeah. just like the iphone looks yeah that's really cool i like that a lot that's the way we tell the time now yeah that's how i tell the time people have step watches <laughs> right but mostly people are checking their time on the phone like that's how we're used to seeing the date and time now and i like the musical interlude in the car <laughs> I especially liked it because it's kind of more of the spell that she was yeah. under. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a fun road trip. It's still a fun road trip. We're all enjoying the sing-along and yeah. right. shooting a vine or whatever we're doing in here. With all that, I want to go back a little bit to the 48-hour thing because I feel like now that I think of it, it's her letting you know that like it's going to be 48 hours before I know his name. It just adds something sort of unsettling to all their interactions mm-hmm. leading up to that. She literally doesn't even know who this person is at all. Yeah. You know? So she could. It's like, hard for her to tell someone and get help. I mean, even just that feeling of just discomfort, you know, that this is not like, oh, the four of them are just like hanging out, partying together. It's like, this guy yeah. hasn't even told me his name yeah. so that you are aware of that. Yeah. And it's like you're you're getting wrapped up in this party or whatever, <laughs> supposedly party, but something is really not right, right. under the yeah. surface. And in the very beginning, like when Zola's talking to her other waitress friend at the mm-hmm. diner, like her friend is telling some story and it's like, there just wasn't a good energy. I didn't like that place. It was just something about it. It had the wrong airflow. I didn't tell you. Mm-mm. It was like the energy was off. It was like kind of like a foretelling, like, yeah. this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, and, pay attention to the energy. Yeah, right. it, like, there was a Mind the vibes. <laughs> there was like this other... I love the part where Zola first meets Stephanie, and like, they're instantly like... Same bitch that won't dance for money be the same bitch that be out on the block. Same bitch that want to smile in your face be the same bitch that going to come for you later. Period. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like, why you on my Twitter? Why you on my Facebook? Why you on my Tumblr? Why you DMing me? Sis, why you tagging me sis. in photos? You don't even fuck with me. Sis. Let me know. Sis. Let me know. Yes, me- sis. She's just, like, wrapped up in this new friend she's made. Mm-hmm. And there's this funny, like, conversation. Why are you on my Twitter? Why are, you know, they're talking mm-hmm. about these other okay. women. And, mm-hmm. like, why are you tagging me? I don't know you. Why <laughs> right. are you doing this? And then, like, that's exactly what Stephanie does to her. Right. Taking <laughs> pictures of her mm-hmm. and then putting her on a back page ad. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that she's done this to other supposedly mm-hmm. friends of hers, yeah. like, she's quite a grifter in a way, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's never clear how much agency she has in that grift, but yeah, definitely everything she does is shady as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's, it is kind of like she's the middle level of like the multi-level market yeah, guy, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, she's, she's not making being, any money. Right, right. but uh, she's bringing other people in. like With the promise of money, but then right. nobody's getting paid except the except guy at the top. person yeah. at the top. Yeah. I wonder if she just feels like she's taken care of by this well, she Z guy. Well, she literally but... says like he takes care of me, which yeah. Zola says, oh, that's code for pimp but it's, it's already too late. It's definitely like she's being victimized too, but she's also victimizing Zola and like these other 
Yeah. I don't know. It's oh my god, like, you're, so, you're so right with the, what is it's, it, the MLM? Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's a trickle yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god. One little funny thing that's based on real life was the Reddit interlude. Oh my god. I think that was my favorite part of, of the story. That was so funny to me. I did I read her Reddit thread today. <laughs> it's pretty similar. I, mean, I really love the way they illustrated it. Yeah. She only got one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> And later she's just like in like underwear and a shower cap. Yeah, and she's like, I was with my community leader at Hooters <laughs> when we met this lady, and I was like, I fuck with Jesus. Right. <laughs> I wrote down, she pops up a back page ad. I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> That uh, was so funny. Riley Keough is pretty perfect for this She's role. So She's so good. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> Another internet-y thing was when they're in that room at the end with the rival pimp, and nobody says that happened, basically. That's all just artistic oh, license. The guy oh, never wow. got shot. It seems like, no, that the guy didn't get shot, oh. really. And Zola was never in that room. She ran away, like, Stephanie did get kidnapped, but oh, okay. um, the whole thing in the room with the pimp being like, I'm going to sell you, mm-hmm. and you have to let him do stuff to you uh-huh. and so we can do this ruse. That didn't happen. But I do like the way it's portrayed. While that's happening to her, she kind of, like, zones out, and it uh-huh. goes to, like, a screensaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's, like, we're so entrenched in our phones and computers yeah. and digital stuff that, like, we don't even have our own internal monologue anymore that's detached from that. It's yeah. like our own brains are going to screensaver mode now. Right. And I, I just thought that was so clever. Yeah, and I, I kind of took it as, like, she's been through such a stressful... Like, maybe it's, like, a... Not dissociating, but, like, escaping in her mind, because, like, the voices, like, kind of... I mean, I think dissociating is a yeah. perfect word yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because she's like, I don't know what to do right now. My life is in danger. Yeah. The yeah. only thing I can think to do is just go blank, but then blank is, like, screensaver. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It totally was like screensaver. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really clever and I liked it a lot. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh shit, yeah. Do y'all have any hot probs? Not really. I mean, I just felt like at the end I wanted and needed more. Like, I feel like it ended a little bit abruptly and I just wanted it to keep going. Like, that's my hottest problem. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted more of this. Yeah, I know. I was. I wanted to know what would happen next. I mean, it sounded like he was going to get them flight, so hopefully that happened and she didn't have to go through much more. Like, there was a moment where, where she gets calls. Like, her boyfriend is texting her and, like, he's obviously really cares about her and how are you? And she's just like, oh, I'm tired. IDK, LOL. But it's really mm-hmm. like, there's some terrible shit happening to her right now. And then she's on her way to, like, that house where there's the gangbang mm-hmm. guys and her mom calls her and she's like, like, I'm in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. Can I call you? And it, yeah. it's just kind of like, why can't she tell them? Like, or, or could they have done anything to help her? I mean, I totally I mean, yeah, get how, that how feeling we... of helplessness because it's like, who are you going to call? The police? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean, maybe there's she... There's no one to help you. Maybe she just felt like, there's no point. I just have to I gotta get deal through with this. this. Yeah. One thing that Zola in real life says is that that scene, the gangbang scene, she said everything was like portrayed, you know, she thought it was accurate enough, but then the gangbang scene was not scary enough, she said. It was much scarier in real life. Wow. In that scene. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> a pretty I scary that situation. Is, yeah. It sounded so sketchy. <laughs> she said the whole place smelled like cat piss. And then everyone pretended like they didn't speak English, even though they'd just been speaking on the phone. Mm -hmm. So scary. I thought it was interesting in that house, there's so much like religious iconography and stuff and mm-hmm. like just the juxtaposition with like what's happening at this yeah. moment you know in the house religious iconography to me is a warning sign yeah i totally feel that that yeah. way too <laughs> <laughs> my problem is that they still credited the rolling stone article yeah they gave her yeah. credit but they still mentioned it and i feel like that must have been producers or somebody yeah Maybe they were saying they had to do that because I know that that was like Bravo in particular really wanted to make sure that Zola got full writing credit. And then Zola herself says that that still bothered her when she screened the movie. She was really happy with it, but then she still saw the guy's name. Yeah. And was like, God damn it. Why is a white man still getting credit for my story when all he did was interview me? Right. Which is totally fair. So my hot problem, I guess, is just 
my biggest hot prop is just that that was still there and it sucks that Bravo couldn't remove that entirely. I'm sure that's just some like legal liability or something like so that he can't yeah. sue them or maybe or like yeah. the rights or something or he wrote the Rolling Stone article yes, right? Yes that's right. Yeah I don't know how that stuff works but yeah. It's, yeah that's it's, bullshit. Yeah he, he wanted a cut of it. I don't think he necessarily did I think it's just it's like they just can't let it go without giving away man credit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was a white man's idea to have that in there. (laughs) And then my other hot prop is just that I don't think that the hotel room embellishment was necessary, even though I like the way it was shot. And if it were just a fictional narrative, I would have thought it was fine. But because this is a true story, you know, for the most part, it's traumatic enough. Like, do we really need to add extra trauma to this? Right. What part are you talking about? At the end, rival. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that. Yeah. Just to tell the way it happened would have been traumatic enough. In real life, her boyfriend took her up to the room and then came running back down and was like, they snatched her. And then they went and got the pimp and Zola stayed outside the whole time Mm -hmm. and like came out carrying Jessica slash Stephanie. Said he shot the guy in the face, but there was never like a murder reported. But even that would be like scary enough. Just that whole thing. Yeah. Just telling it exactly like that and having her not know what happened in there and not adding to her (laughs) her trauma. You know, when it's already so fucking traumatic. Yeah. I mean, it's a little hot prop. I mostly just think this movie is awesome. (laughs) It was really great. Yeah. Next call. I watched like the New York Times Anatomy of a Scene that um, oh, I didn't see it. the the scene that she's talking about is they're dissecting is the pool scene where oh, like, yeah. it's like the one time where and she explains it in the breakdown but Z he blocks her son and it's like this one time where she's getting a moment of relief for herself and then like he comes to remind her like she's not you know she's not free right and yeah. he's like when I get up you get up when I walk you walk and oh my god that scene there's so much there too because right. then that guy yes. the waiter comes up and is like do you need help yeah uh, she help don't you? need any help Yes. She doesn't need any help. Oh, good. Then obviously the Z answers for her and is like, she's fine, she's fine. And then the guy's like, okay. <laughs> Clearly this is, woman is not fine because she didn't even answer me. Well, I feel like he tried a little bit though. Like he's like, he tried I mean, a little he, bit. yeah. He's but like, I feel like that no, I'm asking you, you know. Yeah, but that's just so telling that eventually he gives up and walks right, away. Like right. how much does that happen in real life right. when a woman right. really needs help and doesn't get it because the person who's asking if they need help right. isn't really that, like they want they want the answer to be yes. So that then they can feel okay about yeah. asking, but not having to intervene in any way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. on the one hand, like, I mean, I, I don't really begrudge the guy, like, not wanting to be a hero in that moment and be like, let's go, but, you know, fucking tell somebody or something. Right. Yeah. Don't just keep that to yourself and assume that this woman is fine. Yeah, I know. It just made me think of, like, human trafficking in this country is supposedly pretty prevalent. I mean, it for it sure just, happens, it, even if it's not prevalent, it's like, it happens. Yeah, so, and look it's for like, signs. how do you know when, it's right. just another thing to add to the calculus when mm-hmm. you see something really <laughs> not right, like, oh, maybe this person is in trouble. You yeah. Know? What do you do? I don't know if men know this, but in women's restrooms and bars, often you'll see signs in the bathroom stalls that say like if you're in trouble come to the bartender and say a code word or something that's a good idea yeah i just wonder if like any man knows about that (laughs) (laughs) like i never i always see it when i'm peeing and then i don't really think about it because i'm not being human trafficked and then (laughs) (laughs) i read this something it was like a teenage girl made a a website that like it looks to somebody that can see your screen that you're shopping online, but it's really calling for help. Oh, or wow. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that is such a good idea. Because right. like, it yeah. happens. And even if it's not like literal human trafficking, right. sometimes you just need help because a creepy guy. There's will lots of ways right. that yeah. you could use some help. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like that's maybe my favorite thing about the whole movie in general and the story really is that like anybody could get caught up in this. She wasn't involved in this shit at all before. You know, right. she was just doing her own thing, stripping, and it just took like one wrong move, really, right. like trusting one wrong person to get into this mess. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to like a lifetime of tragedy, but it still sucked for a little while when she yeah. it was scary and she didn't know if she was going to get out of it for a while. I thought yeah. that was really well illustrated that it could happen to anybody. Well, I, any woman, obviously, not anybody, <laughs> but yeah. 
After Zola's experience, there was an another pair of girls that I guess they had had car trouble and she had reached out to Stephanie. They were stranded and then Stephanie picked them up and the cycle continued and right. like they were put into a position where they were supposed to have sex with men. Because mm. she really did have a track record of trapping her friends. Right. right. Yeah. Oh my God. And her friends Lady. just thought they were going to help <laughs> her with her car. And... Yeah. Oh, that sucks. sucks. Yeah. It is. It's the MLM again. Like, right. you're in trouble. I'll help you. But... Yeah. It's yeah, so predatory, like it. right? <laughs> oh my god, wow. If that doesn't make MLM seem even more predatory, I don't know what it fucking does. I do want to quickly plug the article I'd read that was the best article of this whole thing. It was a Vulture article written by a woman named Allison P. Davis, where she interviews Zola herself, and she really tells the whole story. So don't read that Rolling Stone article. <laughs> read this one if you really want to hear like a lot of good extra details and the real story. Nice. Davis spent time with Zola and her family, and they went out clubbing, and she met her mom, and it's just much better journalism than the Rolling Stone article written by a white man. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. I feel like I just wrote down pretty much everything. Yeah, I have so many. I feel like I didn't have that many just because, like, so much of it was just the way they said things, like, not, like, the actual lines they were saying that was so memorable. Just, like, the way they bounced off each other. Right. I mean, they start fucking, it was gross. She says that a couple times. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, f- I fuck with Jesus now. <laughs> oh my god, that was funny. Paige and Keo have a lot of chemistry together, which is really fun to see. Yeah. Like, a lot of BFF chemistry. Right. Just as an aside, like, when they're in the hotel room and they're watching, it's like a movie of, like, a woman if, with yeah. a car in the mud or something. Yes. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, like, a different kind of... Uh, some kind of fetish, some right? Some kind of fetish yeah. or something. That was so bizarre. Trying to get your car out of the mud, and it was very, like, sexual. Yes, it was so strange. Yeah, yeah. they were, like, scantily clad women whose, like, nice cars were stuck in the mud. <laughs> yeah. right. Like, they were, were they both convertibles? I don't remember. Yeah. Right. yeah. It was, like, a whole video of that. I thought that was really <laughs> funny, and that's, like, too specific to be not true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's gotta be some real shit. I really, like, when, um... <laughs> When they shoot the guy in the hotel room and they leave, and his friend is like, he's like got shot like in the yeah. neck or something. And his friend is like, "Are you okay, bro?" <laughs> and I feel like that would be me. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah. you okay? Do you need some water? Like, I don't feel like I would be good in a crisis. <laughs> Call nine one one. The van explodes. Like, you guys okay? Reaction to something is very funny. You okay, bro? I wrote down, I use too much teeth when I suck dick, sis. That's facts. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. <laughs> you can't see any room for improvement in this situation. Right. I mean, you don't have to. Okay. <laughs> That's facts. And then I like, I loved Derek. I wrote a lot of I really Derek stuff Derek. down. Yes. But then also Zola's reaction to him when he's like showing the viral videos and then he's like, I'm going to make a lot of money making movies like this. And then Stephanie's like, he's hilarious. <laughs> So I was like, I ain't seen him do no funny shit yet. Yeah, he's amazing. Nicholas Braun, he's just so good at being naively, like... A sweet dumb guy. Yeah, (laughs) dim-witted, and, like, he's just hilarious. Like, he doesn't believe the other pimp is going to turn on him, and he's, like, making him strip to his underwear, and, like... He's like, this isn't you. Yeah, they're friends or something. I know, Derek. Oh, I love the part where it's just Derek and Zola in the car, and he's like, I'm just trying to distract myself, and he's like, I love her, I give her a lung, not a heart, a kidney, <laughs> yes, whatever, and right. Right. Zola's like, are you homeschooled? <laughs> <laughs> hey. oh, so At least funny. he's smart enough to know you can't donate your heart <laughs> without dying. He's going through the list of organs he's he can like, spare. Well, not a heart, like a kidney. I like when Stephanie walks out of the bathroom in her schoolgirl outfit and she says, you like? And Zola goes, no. Yes. <laughs> that was 
That was really refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, that's just mm-hmm. straight up gross. I wrote down, who are you going to be tonight, Zola? She's like looking in the mirror. I forget even when this happened, but I just thought that was very meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> looking in the mirror, deciding who you're going to be tonight. And then they had like their special prayer about good credit, big dicks. Yes. <laughs> and before oh, in the strip club, oh, I mean, right. I mean, so we don't great. really see these women again, but just that like circle up like the huddle before going out on stage <laughs> she's feeling the spirit it was like a locker her. room right it's yeah. like a football locker room thing of like let's <laughs> let's pray to jesus about this thing that you know he does I, I just love anytime anyone's praying for dumb shit anyway i guess but <laughs> special prayer good credit big dicks <laughs> <laughs> oh and you know they film miami vice around here you know that movie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god she's so young it was really cute the way she said that. You know that movie? <laughs> yeah. uh, I wrote money titties. Money titties. Money titties. Oh, and when Stephanie first meets Zola, and she's like, your titties look like little apples. <laughs> My titties look like apples. <laughs> Damn, bitch, you got perfect titties. I wish I had titties like that. They look just like little apples. Thank you. Derek and Stephanie, like, she clearly just doesn't respect him at all, but he's, like, so in love with her. And then he, at the end, he's, like, threatening to kill himself. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna kill myself. And she's like, why do you have to be so extra? Right. <laughs> it's like, no, this guy's gonna jump out the window. Right. Which apparently that did not happen. Oh, that did he, did he did threaten either. to kill himself, like, multiple times and was definitely oh. bipolar. But in the Twitter thread, it says that he jumped and got, like, caught on the balcony. Mm-hmm. So he didn't fall, and in the movie he does fall and has severe head trauma, and his fate is pretty up in the air. But I mean, I guess it's like implied that he's fine because he's holding his head in the car. But it doesn't look great. It <laughs> does bad. not look too good. No, yeah. and that guy cannot spare any brain cells. Seems like. <laughs> but I think I did literally gasp when he went over the balcony. So I guess it's effective from a storytelling standpoint. Right. I liked that when the pimp gets mad, he has an accent. I thought that was yeah, like that was interesting, interesting detail. And also that's from the Twitter thread, and that's true oh yeah huh like he was putting on an american accent but when he was angry he would be yelling in a strong african accent oh interesting the part where he makes everybody in the room say his name over and over really loud i thought like wow he's just so in control reminding them he's the one in control he's gonna be in a scary dude yeah it was scary (laughs) and then like he gets mad at zola and the other pimp kidnaps her and he's like you're supposed to be looking out for her and then zola's like who's looking out for me yeah i mean that's really the heart of the movie she's got to look out for herself because no one's gonna look out for her what's also mind-blowing is that she was 19 years old wow when all this went down like Thanks. you have a teenager annie malone like just thinking yes, about a couple of years right don't <laughs> yeah, hop in a no car to florida you. with anyone <laughs> i mean maybe the main takeaway here is just don't go to florida with anybody ever right <laughs> yeah Stay away from Florida. I, I love how in the very end, she's like, I hate to break things up here, but my time here is coming to a close. And she's like, just... She's trying to write herself out of the story. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I need to get back to my life. And I'm just so, so amazed, like, how she was able to get through that, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't it was a, know what I wanted. It was like, an action-packed weekend, and she didn't sleep at all. Yeah was like basically fearing for her life most of it and it's crazy yeah yeah it was but. so good though i and i think i read the, the mix up she was in costume design i think so i don't know i just thought that was i thought all of the outfits were really yeah. cool i like the makeup a lot too mm-hmm. the whole look of the film was so great they did a really good job with yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we ready for that lunchtime poll? I mean, are you ready? Apparently, I'm the only Mark you in this group. First. Okay. <laughs> so this is what's called a lunchtime poll. Our lunchtime poll question is, <laughs> tell a story of a time when you got into a situation that was a little over your head that you didn't expect. Yeah, someone got someone else got you into a situation that wasn't what you thought it was going to be, I guess. Thank you. That's right? much better. But I appreciate that. <laughs> well, the thing is, I can think of so many off the top of my head, and these two have been sitting here like, hmm, I don't know if I can think of them. <laughs> Maybe you should tell three stories. Oh, my gosh. Easily could. I'm a little bit torn which one to tell, but all right. So I'm going to tell the story. This is what made me think of it is back early 90s. I had this friend, Jean. I lived in Tacoma and was going to college, but ended up making friends with like a bunch of kind of 
locals and then ended up like never going to school but (laughs) (laughs) he and I became really good friends and ended up living together for a little bit but we were never more than friends so this group of people it was like were kind of questionable but then he was like kind of deeper level questionable but like when I (laughs) met him he was like mostly reformed like actually the day I met him I was dating this guy and I went over to his house and Jean was there and he introduced me to Jean and he's like this is my friend Jean I haven't seen for how long he's like 181 days because he had just gotten out of jail so that was my introduction to my friend Jean but anyway when I was friends with him like he was just sort of small time stuff he was mostly like trying to be good but the thing that he did was like sell drugs a little bit and um (laughs) a little bit what a funny way to put that (laughs) what I don't know like he worked he was trying like he worked construction like he was trying to live a life where he didn't spend time in jail yes right it was not very lucrative for him so we often would get in situations where I feel like I was lucky that nothing bad ever happened to me because I am like such a narc I mean not a narc but like that's like people like who is this girl who doesn't do drugs I just remember being at a guy's place one time (laughs) a little bit and this guy's like oh I'm cutting this all wrong I guess why is she here I just like spent a lot of time with questionable people at this time but because I ended up such good friends with this guy John who was sort of like a known bad guy a couple times a thing that would happen is like a guy would be giving me kind of a hard time like coming on really strong and then I'd be like oh do you know John yeah I know that guy I'm like I live with him and it was like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyways we were at Tower Lanes in Tacoma is a bowling alley that we used to hang out all the time. And he met these two guys who wanted to buy some crank from him. And he went into the bathroom with them. And the three of them, like, did some. And then he came out and he's, like, really mad. These were big guys, like, real steroid body guys, you know. And he's, like, they totally ripped me off. And then, you know, we're, like, let's just go. But then they came back out and they're, like, oh, no, you can come to our house. We have money at home. Sorry, I just thought we had, you know. (laughs) Right, right? They're, like... Like, you can come over. They're, like, giving us, like, step-by-step directions, practically, to their place. And they're two big guys. And they keep saying my name. They're, like, okay, so you and Amy are coming over. You and Amy, you know, we'll see you later, Amy. I'm, like, great. I know. So, I mean, I have one I can say. I was never going to go to this house. (laughs) Like, never. I was not even considering going to this house. And they leave. And I was, like okay so if you want I can drop you off you know and he was just like we're not going like no I'm not going to their place so so I guess I didn't end up in that I know but I have that's one like I have always thought about a little bit of like that could have been a really ugly situation I know (laughs) I mean everybody knows don't Go to a second location. I was, yes. Or two giant guys who keep saying your name, you know, (laughs) that your badass friend is afraid of. You know, that's the biggest thing is that this guy was like this known badass and he was afraid of them. Yeah, I know. I mean, I turned out fine. (laughs) (laughs) You were a different person then. Well, whatever. I never knew this. This is amazing. I love hearing this. I have so many Tacoma stories. That's why, I mean, because I had such adventures in Tacoma, that's why it was such a funny, crazy, weird thing for me last year when I hooked up with Charming Charlie Mm -hmm. at Titlow Beach, (laughs) just where some of this stuff went down. Titlow Beach. Oh, man. Yeah. I always like to say Titlow Beach. Yes. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of funny. Yeah, they like, come t- to Tacoma screw. Like it's a real horny oh, town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always laugh a little when I see that yeah. sign. Right. <laughs> the pet boys. You can't beat our meats. <laughs> yeah, Tacoma is so horny. He's my super God, super horny. <laughs> boys, I thought that I was mean, an fair. Art place or. Is it pep? Maybe not Pep Boys. Who, oh. is it? who is the who can't beat our meats? I don't know. It's not. Somebody. Oh. Let me look that up. Are you oh. sure you want that in your search history? Let's see what happens. I have safe search off. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Tacoma Boys. That's what it was. Not Pep Boys. Tacoma Boys Market. Their slogan and their big sign outside said, you can't beat our meats. And I drove past it a lot. I feel like I maybe saw that sign on the way going to Laura's house or something. So Tacoma's a horny town. I mean, I, I certainly yeah. had some time Got there. some action into that, for sure. <laughs> I definitely made out with a real cute townie one time. Oh, yeah? I probably knew him. His name was Trent. Do you know Trent? No, I don't know Trent. From University Place? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. People I was friends with were not from University Place. <laughs> University Place. 
is that for um, a neighborhood? It's the yeah, trust it's a neighborhood. fund part of town. I knew like three different trust fund punks from University Place. It's like right by the water by Narrows Bridge, kind of. Oh. They're all skaters. It's weird. <laughs> it's, I don't know why it's called University Place because it's not near the University of Puget Sound. Like, no. At all. It's not near any university. It's not near I mean, that's still PLU. Uni- right, yeah. It's even farther from PLU. Maybe it's because, like, if you went to university, then you can afford to live here. Maybe. <laughs> If you call it university. <laughs> I can use my multi-level marketing. I was in If that. you want to. I thought that I was going to make money selling leggings. They Maybe. prey on vulnerable people yeah, and you were vulnerable a, at I that time. I was in a vulnerable time in my life and I was shown like these Facebook storefronts of like private groups of people selling these leggings and it looked like everything was going well and like we had this woman who was our quote-unquote mentor that we signed up under her. She was saying she was making all this money but she had a lot of people in her team or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's not really a team and you're not getting any advice or mentorship or anything like that. You're literally just somebody that they're making money off of. Mm-hmm. And the company would tell the consultants, and she told us too, yeah, you should just keep posting all the fun things that you're doing and fun places that you're going so people can see like how well you're doing. <sighs> I mean, I never did that. And also you weren't doing well, right? We weren't doing well at all. And it was just all just a big fucking lie. I thought like, oh, this isn't Herbalife. Like none of the vitamins are going to go bad and I'm going to be stuck with all of this. (laughs) Like this is clothes. People need clothes. Mm -hmm. And we did have some cool customers and, and they loved the, I mean, I did love wearing the leggings. You know, they were fun, but it was just, that business is not... I don't know. You can't make any money. It was a big learning lesson. (laughs) I felt really taken advantage of, too. It was a learning experience, but don't do multi-level marketing. Yeah. Do not do it. If you're thinking about it, contact me and I'll tell you my story. Another PSA. (laughs) (laughs) Don't follow a drug dealer to a second location. Which I did not do. Yeah. (laughs) You do not do. Don't get involved in multi-level marketing, which means anytime anyone says you can make a lot of money doing this, they are fucking lying. And it's really easy. <laughs> and it's There's easy. Right. Any work, hardly any work yeah. to and do. And the demand. Like, I love that episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda gets involved in the essential oils. Because, like, <laughs> when I was cleaning out yeah. my mom's house, fucking thousands of essential oils she had. I mean, right. she, could, she was, yeah. like, into every <laughs> MLM, which is maybe why I haven't ever done it because I've known the signs for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was doing all kinds of powders and teas and so much essential oils. And let me tell you, at the estate sale, those essential oil bottles sold for a dollar each. And I saw the receipts. She was paying like $30, $40. Oh, my, oh my God. These people. Right. It's just scum. Like, yeah. Just how they take advantage of people. It's horrible. Yeah. I did think of something. Oh, oh yay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in between jobs and I was like really needing work. And so I took this job from a friend of mine who was like, well, I've been doing like part-time work. This guy that like basically runs a porn studio out of his house. Well, not the studio, but he like, I'm not even sure what capacity he was involved in at this point, but my friend was editing porn videos for him. And he's like, well, he needs a personal assistant. And it paid <laughs> like a bunch of money and it was all under the table. I'm honestly right. not gonna oh. say anybody's name in this. Right. So I was like, that sounds good. I'll do that. I had to drive 40 minutes every day to this place, but it was such good pay. But then I walk into this house. Every day I walk into this house, the whole thing smells so much like weed. And it was a big house. Mm -hmm. I mean, no judgment on the weed. That's just the first thing you notice. Like every day when you walk in, it just smells like the whole house smells like that all the time. And you have, do you know how much weed you have to smoke to make your house smell like weed all the time? Because that smell dissipates pretty quickly. (laughs) Turns out this guy's like an agoraphobe, basically. And the things he wants me to do are go through his mail and tell him what's important. But he doesn't really give a shit what's important because he has, like, back taxes. He just has, like, unopened envelopes for paying taxes. I was, like, scanning STD tests from his performers and their IDs. And I was verifying that, like, women were of age. Oh, wow. I was taking jars of coins to the liquor store to buy handles of vodka for him. Oh, my God. I was going to the grocery store with 
again change. What I would do, of course, was that I would go to the coin store and then because I was like, I'm not gonna like walk up to the cashier with a right. jar full of coins. Yeah. No fucking way am I doing that. So it would take a little longer, but he wouldn't leave his house ever. He was like having me buy groceries. All he ate was steak and drank like Powerade. Ugh. And he never eat like <laughs> wow. no vegetables, nothing. I know. Like, like, how did he ever poop? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a movie. So unhealthy. I know. His wife was a porn star. The whole thing was so fucking sketchy. And then eventually, like, he just stopped paying me because he would be like giving me IOUs. And it was the same. Like, I had just yeah. got out of a situation where I wasn't right. getting paid for work. So I was like, well, I'm not coming to work till he can pay me. And then at that point, he had owed me like two grand. Oh, wow. Which I mean, he was paying me so much per hour to do his stuff that I had money saved up. Right. But I could have used that two grand and I was like, well, and now I'm out of a job again. I ended up trying to take him to small claims court. He was such a scammer because he was like, at the last minute, like literally an hour before our hearing, he's like, all right, I have an agreement for you. He sent me like pre-written checks. It was like a couple hundred bucks at a time. He's like, cash one of these every week. And I started cashing them. I called up the claim. That was a deal. I was like, fine, if you pay me back in installments, like that's what I wanted anyway. I started cashing the checks and they bounce. I call them, I cash the next check, it bounces. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna cash any more of these, obviously. Right. (laughs) Right. Then he stopped returning my calls. That was a whole fucking thing since I'd already dropped the claim. I couldn't get any more money out of it. I was like, God damn it, I guess I'm just out of this money. It sucked. And it was all cash. Like, yeah, just... and the house that he owned, he bought at auction from a crack dealer. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like it was a, it was like a crack house that he bought. Wow! At so at one point in time, I think he was making a lot of money. I just happened to get to him when he was having a lot of problems. Like wow. wasn't paying any taxes. He had so much important mail that I found because I went through this huge stack of mail. He was also kind of a hoarder. He had this massive house. A lot of the rooms were empty because <laughs> he couldn't like afford so furniture strange. to fill the rooms. But because he bought the house at auction, he bought he got this mansion for cheap, basically. And I'd go through his like hoarder mail, and I'd be like, "All this stuff's pretty important. It's from the government. You gotta <laughs> go through it." And he'd be like, "Okay, thanks for doing that. I'll get I'll get to it." And I'm like, "I don't think you will." Right. <laughs> How does he go on so many years like that and right. it's undetected? Like I was thinking, like, oh, maybe the small claims court thing trigger something else and it's kind of amazing because he wasn't doing things that were that illegal other than like not paying his taxes mm. and i think at the time like weed wasn't legal yet in washington but from my perspective those are pretty small potatoes yeah. <laughs> but at the same time like if you want to keep doing this shit you gotta pay your taxes <laughs> i don't know it's funny that like there is a legit way to have a pork company and i think that's great that you should that you should be able to be an entrepreneur, but he was not in the right headspace for that. <laughs> like he couldn't even leave his house. Oh, he couldn't drive. I had to drive him to the bank a bunch of times. Yeah, that's weird. I live there out in the yeah. burbs and not be able to drive. And his wife couldn't drive either. Like part of the weird. like that's why he's paying me so much. So I was doing all kinds of shit for him. But then when he didn't pay me, that's I'm not doing that anymore. Why <laughs> didn't he drive? Was he like really old or like? Well, he a he was stoned all the time. Oh. And b he was stoned all the time because he had like severe anxiety and agoraphobia. Oh. So he only oh, left the house it. when he absolutely had to, like to go to the bank because I could right. do everything else for him, but I couldn't go to the bank for him. And the whole time we were driving around, he'd be so paranoid. Yeah. It was terrible. Wow. It was terrible having him in my car. <laughs> Was he really uncomfortable to be around oh, or, like, yeah. in the car? <laughs> I mean, really, the only reason I was there is because, like, he's like, I'm paying you this much under the table. Yeah. And, like, you know, you overlook a lot of shit for a while right. when yeah. that's happening. But I guess now my le- my lesson from that is, like, look for the fine print when someone offers you a lot of money under the table because it might not be as sweet after a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Wow. <laughs> Well, you thought of one. I did. I thought of one. How very. Oh, my gosh. What a fun episode. Uh, one more thing to do here, which is... Greetings and salutations. Uh, we have done Michigan, where they start out Detroit. We've done Florida. So I picked Georgia because one of the TV shows that Janixa Bravo directed was the Juneteenth episode of Atlanta. Oh. Which is a really great episode. Oh, I love that show. I love show. that show. So let's shout out to Georgia. Hey, Georgia. Hello, hey, Georgia. Georgia. I don't know anybody there. You make good shows. I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah, lots of I good shows there. I there once with a sketchy accent. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up going there as a kid. I always liked going to the Coca-Cola Museum. <laughs> it's oh, like wow. A, it's a big, like, 
is Coca-Cola's base there. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it, but um, my sister and I have our names on a brick in Centennial Park, like, from the Olympics. <laughs> you could donate money for the Olympics, Centennial Park or something, and... What? They needed donations? I know. I like, hate I, I don't that. Know what, I don't know what. Fuck off Olympics. I don't know. know what it was, but it wasn't, like, I that like much money, but, like, you can have your name on it, and I was... And I've gone to the website. I don't know. One day I'll see it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot there. It's very hot. It's really hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Tyler Perry has, like, a huge movie studio there. It's like Hollywood. East Coast Hollywood. There. It is so a bit. I think studios. they have tax breaks and stuff. That's yeah. A lot of shows filmed there now, not just Atlanta, but... <laughs> oh, and so many yeah. movies, And movies, too. yeah. They have all this space. For sound stages. Yeah, property's still cheap there. It's interesting how LA kind of has these little annexes around the country because it's so expensive to film in LA now. Yeah. But then they'll kind of burn through places. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they burned through, like, North Carolina a little bit. Oh, really? There was a while that in North Carolina they were shooting a lot of stuff and they kind of were other welcome. Oh, I remember when uh, Dawson's Creek, yes. that was a big thing. Oh, yeah. Cause they that, kind of ruined that, that town. Uh, Kevin Williamson. Yes, oh, and he had mm. those other movies, too. Yeah. Like, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And mm-hmm. He shot all this stuff else. there. And the yeah. faculty, I think. He was definitely yeah. the guy that started that. They ruined the town a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> for, the, for the people that <laughs> live there, but... Oh, well. <sighs> That's Ooh. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode of Paid in Puke, we are opening the mysterious blue box that is David Lynch's 2001 film, Mulholland Drive, starring Naomi Watts and Laura Elena Herring. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.